Storehouse Dallas. Amen. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11 right now. I'm going to read along. It will be on the screen as well. And we're actually going to back up a little bit to chapter 10, verse 35. And we're going to go to chapter 12, verse 2, just to get the whole subject matter for today. Here we go. Hebrews 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks." By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up, for he had had obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about the things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable, innumerable as the sand by which, which is by the seashore." All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau regarding things to come. 
By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave order concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they, who, because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ, greater riches and the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the great reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith he passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians, when they had attempted it, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Re women received their dead back by resurrection. And others were tortured, not accepting the release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these great examples of faith, and I pray that the word of the Lord would pierce our hearts like a sword today, and that a spirit of faith would be infused into our innermost being, and that, God, we would be among those who are of the faith and do not shrink back, but stand boldly to receive all that was promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for reading that with me. It's a lot going on here. We have notes for today. Um, we will not get through all of these notes, but I made a little extra for you to go home and study because we're not going to be able to cover everything. Um, but what the main subject we're covering today is living by faith. This entire chapter is about those who have lived by faith. Perhaps the most beloved, certainly the most well-known chapter of the book of Hebrews. We're going to start on page two of the notes. 
Under Roman numeral four, now faith. After talking about the perfect sacrifice of Jesus in chapter 10, we're given a list of exhortations. But the primary thing that the writer of Hebrews calls us to do as believers is to hold fast, hold on to the confession of our hope. Don't throw away the confidence and the great reward. We need endurance. And so he's calling us under difficult circumstances to faith and endurance. Faith, endurance. And these two things are absolutely necessary to every single believer, every single person in this room, every person in every chair, the person next to you. Faith and endurance are necessary to receive what was promised. It's by faith, Habakkuk from the Old Testament, a prophet, little three-chapter prophetic book in your Old Testament, But he prophesied of the coming day that the righteous will live by faith. So we're called to live by faith in Hebrews. That when things get difficult, we're not called to shrink back. That it says in Habakkuk that those who shrink back, that God's soul takes no pleasure in them whatsoever. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, but that's not us. That's not you. That's not me. We are not those that shrink back to destruction. We are those of the faith. Every single one in this room, you are someone of faith and that your soul will get preserved as you continue and hold fast in it to the end. So by faith, we live. By faith, we obtain a good testimony. We just heard a testimony from Chrissy about a breakthrough that God gave her. And what it required was faith and endurance, patience, a year of God, this is not happening. God, this is not happening. Disappointment, disappointment. But God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. And through faith and patience, she inherited what was promised. And so she has obtained a good testimony. (laughs) You want a testimony about Jesus, combine faith with patience, which in short is continuing to believe when you don't see. And then you've got a testimony. And that testimony, when you share it, it releases a spirit of faith in the room. And every single person in this room, you can take what Chrissy said, her good testimony, and you can grab it and say, God, you love me, I'm your son, I'm your daughter, and you're going to do it because you're faithful to what you've promised. Amen? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How do I live to please God? God, what are things that please you? God, what are things that you like? Faith. 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 You want to please me, God says? Faith is absolutely necessary. So if living by faith is necessary to please God, number one, to obtain a good testimony, number two, or number three, um, to, uh, to receive what was promised. Those are important things. We want to live by it. We've got to live by it. It's impossible to please God without it, um, to receive the promise and to, um, and to gain a good testimony. So we want to ask ourselves a couple of questions. Number one, what is faith? And number two, how do we live by faith, especially when things get difficult? And that's the subject matter for today. First question. What is faith? 
Well, Hebrews tells us exactly what that is. Chapter 11, verse 1. Many of us, I'm sure, are familiar with this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Very important. Faith is an inward assurance. Some translations say a substance, that there's something real and alive on the inside, that there is a substance, there's assurance of things hoped for, but it produces a conviction, which um, I actually really like the New King James, I believe it is, that says that um, an, an evidence of things not seen. And so there's an inward assurance of what God said is true, but then an outward evidence that produces action, that produces obedience, that produces patience. In other words, we're inwardly convinced of something to such a degree that our actions provide evidence that we're truly convinced. Okay? Faith is not just believing something that's not true for the sake of believing. You know, popular movies, and um, um, it's so, it's, you see it in themes of, of, of TV shows, of movies, of books, that you just got to believe in something. You just believe in something because you need faith. Faith in anything. Doesn't matter if it's true as long as you believe in something because it makes the road a little bit easier. And even if everything you believe for at the end is kaput, at least you had somewhat of an easier road on the way to kaput. Nine. My German friends would say, no, nothing, not true. Um, for Christians, we, what we believe is based on things that are true. It's the assurance of things hoped for. Hoped for. Assurance of things hoped for. So when we talk about hope, and I, I, I almost, just this is almost cliche, we've heard it, but we've got to hear it, is that hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is not, God, I want you to do this thing. I wish I crossed my fingers that it's going to happen because you're good and you might feel like you're having a good day today. You might do it. How many of us go through our walk with God hoping he's in a good mood today and that something that we ask for might possibly maybe get answered if he's feeling like it will not inconvenience him too much? It's a terrible way to live your life in God. It's assurance of things hoped for. When we have hope, it's based on a promise. Hope is based on a promise that came, that came from the mouth of God. We read in Hebrews 6 a few weeks ago that God made an oath. He made a promise and he made an oath. He made a promise and he made an oath. So he spoke a word to Abraham and you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. You will have descendants as, as that outnumber the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. And he had that promise, the word of God, but there was also an oath that God swore by himself because no one was greater. So when God makes the promise... He swears by himself with an oath and by these two unchangeable things and it's impossible for God to lie, the promise that he made and the oath, the swearing promise, the, 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 uh, the swear that he made by himself that we can have hope as an anchor that yes, this is gonna happen. Hope anchors us because hope is based on the word of God. We've gotta get the word in us. I feel like I'm washing back and forth, just winds and waves are blowing me and life is just knocking me left and right and I don't even know where I stand with God today. You need to get anchored in the promises of God, friends. 
You got to get in this word. If you're going left and right, you got to get anchored. Eat this word. When we're fasting these 40 days, don't just give up food and do nothing. Get in this word. Eat on the bread of life. It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will cut and it will divide those chaotic emotions of your soul and bring your spirit into an alignment with God's word. We don't just wish for things for salvation, for healing, for breakthrough. We hope for it because he's the Lord who saves. He's the Lord who heals. He is the Lord who breaks through. It's the, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. 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 You're assured of something hoped for, God promised, but you don't see it yet. But there's a conviction on the inside of you. I don't see it, but I'm not going to believe what's in front of me right now. I'm going to believe the word of the Lord. This, my friends, is by, not by might or by power, but by my spirit is standing on the word of the Lord, which is the sword of the spirit. Guys, I can't tell you enough. You've got to get in this word. People are being tossed back and forth with no anchor because they have no life in the word. And I'm telling you, I'm not trying to condemn you today. I'm trying to invite you into a life of peace. <laughs> I'm trying to invite you into a life of saying assurance of what God has said. And this doesn't mean the boat doesn't get rocked. My boat gets rocked every week. But what do I do? I hold on to that anchor of the word. I look at my wife and I'm like, pray over me. Tell me the word. Tell me what God said again. And it anchors me and it settles. And those, those, those chaotic emotions of the soul come in the place of peace. We may see it as we envision it by what God speaks to us, but it hasn't been realized. But we still have conviction. Fully convinced that God is able to do what he has promised. Romans 4.21, to the point that our actions demonstrate our faith. So what does faith look like? Page four. To know what living by faith looks like, we have examples of people who have obtained a good testimony by their faith of people that have pleased God with their faith, of people that have received what was promised because of their faith. See, God doesn't expect us to generate faith on our own strength. He wants us to get in his word, but also to hear the good testimonies of those that have gone before us. And we've got a whole list here that we've already read, so we're just gonna fly through, but I just, there's so much power in getting in their lives. There's just a sentence or so about each person, but get in the word. Look at the lives of these saints throughout history. And then beyond that, one of my favorite things to do is to read about saints from the time of Christ to present. To read about men that took the gospel with power to the pagan nations where their idols were being, uh, um, being burned and thrown into, uh, into the sea so that they can worship the true and living God. Of saints that had that outpouring of power in the beginning of the 20th century and stood boldly for the work of the Spirit and saw hundreds of thousands come to faith in Jesus Christ. These men 
These women of faith, I want to study and I want to learn from their lives and so that I can be inspired to stand strong when I don't see what God has said. So as we go through this list of people in Hebrews, notice something that it says by faith with each one, but there's a verb. There was action. They did something. There was evidence of the assurance of things hoped for. Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain from, from the first fruits. See, I've, I've asked that question sometimes. Why was Abel's offering better than Cain? Well, it says of Abel's offering that it was from the first fruits of his livestock. And Cain's offering was from some of his grains. And some of us, when we give to God, that we give from some of our income. But when we honor God with the first fruits, it requires faith. When we set aside an amount that the Holy Spirit has designated, when we take that tithe and that offering and we say, God, this belongs to you. This amount belongs to you. It by faith that he is my provider, that he is going to break through my situation more than my own strength, just like Chrissy's testimony, that I'm gonna offer what God told me to and I'm trusting him that he's gonna make it, he's gonna break through and he's gonna provide for me. And that's the faith that pleases God. And that's the faith that inherits a promise. Enoch, Enoch, this, this, he has the most uh, uh, um, interesting verb attached to him is that he was taken up <laughs> by faith. We know from the book of Genesis that it says that Enoch walked with God and he was taken up. He walked with him. He walked with him. He walked with God. The New Living Translation says he walked with God faithfully, full of faith. And so he's walking not just obeying a list of rules, but he's walking with God himself, the author of the rules, the author of the words. He's walking in step with God in a close, intimate relationship. And there is a, an intimacy that is available to each one of us. And Enoch tapped into it to such a degree that he didn't taste death. He was taken right into the presence of the Father. And I believe God is releasing this, this faith of Enoch across the body of Christ to teach us to walk with God closely and intimately. Will some be taken up? We'll see. I would definitely like to be one of them. It requires faith. By faith, Noah, he prepared an ark. He was told by the word of the Lord, rain's coming, rain's coming, prepare the ark, prepare the ark. He looks crazy in front of all these people building this thing, but he's preparing an ark for coming trouble. And, 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 and beloved, this is important to us today because Jesus said that in the last days, it would be as the days of Noah, that there will be a level of immorality, of perversion, of murder, of witchcraft that is covering the earth, and that the people of God need to be preparing their hearts for that storm and for that trouble that's coming on the earth. And many people 
are, are get excited about an end times teaching. I love teaching on the end times. I love teaching on the book of Revelation. Um, but, but it's not just for interest and studying and arguing what, when Jesus is coming back, when, how, what is it going to look like. It's saying that the people who really believe that this is happening and that take it seriously, they'll live their lives according to Matthew 24 and 25. There's a hope of Jesus returning. And if we're sure of that, it will produce evidence in our life and there'll be preparation of our hearts to receive him when he comes, to be received by him rather when he comes. Abraham, the exemplar of faith, the prime example of faith repeated over and over throughout our New Testament. By faith he obeyed. Obedience, obedience, oh, obedience, obedience. God says, go. He went out, go. Okay, obedience. By faith, I'm going. God, I'm going. By faith, I'm going. I don't see it, but I'm going. I'm going to this land full of strangers. See, Abraham was from this, uh, this city called Ur. I mean, he woke up every day and said, thank God I live in Ur. And this city, if you look at the history of it, it was actually a very sophisticated society. Approximately 24,000 people living there at the time of Abraham, running water, city structures, um, 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 civilized government. There's, uh, there's luxuries, there's comforts. So he's asked by God to leave the city of sophistication, the city of running water. Sarah is probably, you know, on the, the 10th story of the high rise downtown, looking over the beautiful city, having every restaurant she needs right at the bottom. And Abraham says, honey, we're going to the country and we're living in a tent. Grab the goats. We're going to need lots of skin. And Sarah, ugh, running water, tent, running water, tent. Okay, God, by faith, we'll go. See, when God says go, and, and if you want faith that pleases God, you go. And you trust him. Amen? By faith, well, let me read this, 11 verse 10. Why did Abraham go? Why could he go from the city where he was to where God was going? Because he was looking for a city of foundations whose architect and builder was God. That there was a city that Abraham was looking for. Not only the earthly country of Canaan, but there was a heavenly city we're going to read about in a few moments. A heavenly city that God spoke to Abraham. You are going to go here and I'm going to establish this on earth. But it will be a picture of a whole new realm of, of promise, of provision, of prosperity, of my presence. That is a heavenly city that's going to come down from heaven. And you're going to live there with me forever. And he saw that from a distance. He saw that eternal city. And he said, I'm going to go where God tells me to go because that's the inheritance that I'm preparing for myself and my sons. By faith, Sarah, she received the ability to conceive. Since she considered him faithful who had promised. Hebrews 11, 11. See, God had spoken a word to her. You're going to have birth. You're going you're to give birth to a son. 
And she laughed at first. She laughed. There was unbelief, which, you know, actually kind of gives me a little breather because she heard the word of the Lord. She was like, not happening, God. (laughs) Which, how many of us do that when we receive a word from the Lord? Like, you're going to be doing this thing that you've never wanted to do, thought about doing, or are equipped to do. And we kind of laugh at God. We're just like, God, I just, I'm just this, this little guy that, or gal that, you know, does this and, does, and you're calling me to do this. That's hilarious, God. And God says, you're laughing now, but you'll be laughing in a different way later because you'll be super happy that it happened. Um, but so she started out with just this, this, this not really taking it seriously, but then she believed and received. She believed and received because she had hope, assurance of the hope, assurance of the word of the Lord. <sighs> What's interesting to note in Hebrews eleven sixteen is that though these examples we've mentioned have inherited some promises to an extent, there's a striking statement in verse 16. Sorry, verse 13. All of these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and welcomed them from a distance. What's going on here? So there were some temporal promises that they received. There was a temporal promise of Sarah is going to receive, uh, going to give birth to a son named Isaac. And she received that. She realized it. And she received the ability to conceive because she believed. She received the ability to conceive because she believed. Who? Get some spoken word going on up here. But there was more. And so Sarah received a promise, not only for something temporal in her lifetime, but something that would, that would go beyond her. Descendants that outnumber the stars of the sky, the sands of the seashore. Abraham and Sarah, they, they just saw a little bit of this. I mean, they, they saw lots of, they had lots of kids and grandbabies, but they're picking up that grain of sand. They're like, God, this isn't happening. And then they're kaput. But they died in faith. They said, this promise goes beyond my lifetime. And I'm going to believe this not only for me, but for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation, that the promise that God is giving to me is releasing a blessing down to a thousand generations. And we die in faith that God is going to do that. And we see it from a distance. And it gives us confidence in the day-to-day to say, this is what God said. This is what God said. And, and, and um, um, uh, Thursday, we had EJS graduation. And Dor- Dora Flores was up here sharing the word. And there's something about us standing in faith for the breakthrough that affects not only us, but those around us. And if we will stay in faith and in patience, that there is a blessing released not only over us, but to a thousand generations after us. We want to hold the line here, guys. They confessed that they were strangers and exiles in the land that they lived. They looked for a better country, a heavenly one, it says. So not only an earthly promise, but an eternal impact of what God was doing in them. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. You and I, one day, are going to stand in front of Jesus. And those burning eyes will gaze at us. 
and the things that we built on our lives that had eternal value, eternal vestment, eternal return, those things will carry over and we will enter into joy. But those things that we built on wood, hay, and stubble, my friends, they will burn up before him. And we will be saved as though through fire. But I'm telling you, there's an invitation here. And it's in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Jesus is telling the churches to overcome, overcome. He who overcomes. And one of my favorite promises in that, in that, in that whole section of Revelation 2 and 3 is that I will, to, to the one who overcomes, I will confess their name before my Father and before his angels. And he will say, I'm not ashamed to call Matthew my son. I'm not ashamed to be called his God. He stood. He stood. When it was unseen, he remained convinced. Beloved, there are blessings in this life that we receive because we stand in faith and patience. And, and Jesus wants that for us. He says there's many times a return on, on those who, 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 who lay aside these things that are hindering them from the fullness. If those anything that God puts his finger on and says, let go of this right here, let go, let go, let go. If you do it, he says in Luke 18.30, many times more in this age will be given. Many times more in this age, on this side. He wants to bless you with more, but not only on this age, but he also says eternal life in the age to come. There is an eternal blessing for standing in faith today. And there's the, we want, if we want to stay strong in faith in the long run, we've got to start getting vision for this better country. We start, got to start getting vision for this heavenly city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham saw this eternal city. The book of Revelation calls it the new Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven from God. It's this remarkable city. And John sees it and describes in detail what he saw. It's a, it's a city that will, that, that, that will go um, nearly 1,500 miles high off the ground. Its walls will stretch that same amount of distance in every direction. It will be a city with real foundations of gemstones and diamonds and crystals. It will be a real city with a tree of life and a river of life. And it will be a real city where people of every tribe, nation, and tongue all come from all the nations and sit at the feet of Jesus and worship and are taught by God. Get in Revelation 21 and 22. Get vision for this city and say, God, reveal my inheritance in this city. And it's this city that strengthens believers to remain strong and faithful when the pressure gets hot. Paragraph six of page five. Faith always involves action. Everyone in this list did something in response to their faith. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. Isaac and Jacob blessed their sons by faith. Joseph gave orders commanding his bones to be buried, knowing about the exodus. So he saw a, a coming exodus and he said, this is the preparation that I'm telling my sons to take. 
By faith, Moses, his parents, they hid him. They knew that this child was special. And they said, I'm not going to listen to the king's edict. I'm not going to hand this, my child, over to the authorities to be thrown into the river. I am going to hide my son if it costs me my life because I know there's a call of God on this child. And Moses... He knew it too. He grew up and he said, I'm not going to take advantage of the opportunities of these passing pleasures of sin. He didn't take advantage of the position given to him by the world to indulge in sin. Some of us are in positions of influence in our families, in the workplace, in the political realm. And if we want to look at Moses and say, this is a man that didn't take advantage of his political position and influence to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, but he looked to a better country. Your sphere of influence in this age, it is but a shadow of what God wants to bless you with for eternity. Let's start getting vision for this and it will anchor us to remain faithful in these days ahead. By faith, he left Egypt. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, he sprinkled blood. God said an angel of death is coming and you've got to do something in order to prepare for it. And by faith, he acted. He spread the blood over the doorpost. He listened to the word of the Lord, the commandment of God. And then the promise that their sons would be spared was given to him. We must follow through with obedience to truly walk in faith and receive what was promised. This book gives us many other examples. Jericho, Rahab, Judges, Kings, Prophets. You can name them all day. Get in this Bible. Listen to their lives. And there are some, the book of Hebrews tells us, by their faith, they conquered kingdoms. Others, by faith, were conquered. There were those by faith that escaped the edge of the sword in times of persecution. There were others that were torn apart and sawn in two by faith. Some were raised from the dead. Others went to their death in faith. See, faith doesn't always take us out of the trouble. Sometimes it leads us into it. Paul, the same one who by faith worshiped in prison, worshiped God and the, and, the, and the prison bars shook and they were set free and they came out of prison because the gospel had not, was not, they weren't done preaching the gospel. By faith, they worshiped and were delivered from prison, but by faith, Paul went to the Roman executioner after he had run the race, after he had fought the good fight and his head was taken from him by faith. By faith, a woman named Corey Ten Boom. If you've read her books, if you haven't, read her books. By faith, she and her sister Betsy were in one of the worst concentration camps in Germany, Ravensbrück, where 96,000 people died. By faith, they were there for months and months and months preaching the gospel and leading people to Jesus, who went to their deaths but went to death with Jesus on their lips. Because of these two women, 
these two women. By faith, they sat down and, 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 and were asleep at night, Corey and Betsy Ten Boom, and they, were, uh, um, um, and they were talking about how God had given them a word that they were going to take the gospel back to Germany after the war, back to the very people that had put them in these camps, and they not only there, but all across the nations. By faith, they declared it. By faith, Corey Ten Boom was miraculously delivered out of that concentration camp. Read the story. She's just walk, she doesn't even know how it happened. She's just walking through and they escort her to the end and they say, you're dismissed, goodbye. By faith, her sister Betsy died in that camp. A martyr, a witness. One that would be in the great cloud of witnesses. And ministering the gospel at a whole new level and power. The world says that these people are not worthy of life, but God says the world was not worthy of them. We live by faith and patience. We live a life that's worthy and pleasing to God. Let's stand. How do we keep faith today and prepare for troubles ahead? We remember these great heroes of faith. We receive inspiration from them. And then we do what Hebrews 12 says, we lay aside every encumbrance in the sin that easily entangles. Beloved, the writer of Hebrews saying, cast off those things that are hindering you today. If there's something God's placing his finger on, he's saying, let go of this. Let go. I'm pleading with you today to let go of that thing because there is reward for you, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Whatever it is that that God's putting his finger on, whether it's a sin, and some of us, we treat sin so lightly, but the scripture says it easily entangles you and hinders you. And if God's putting his finger on it, let go of it today. If it's doubt, fear, unbelief, if it's bitterness, unforgiveness, or offense, Let it go today. How do I stay strong in faith? Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Look at his life and imitate him and how he responded when things were difficult. Let's pray. If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.